my manufacturer called me and said, your product is ready. How are you going to pick it up from the warehouse? You know, as a startup, you got to be resourceful. I literally rented a car and picked up 5,000 units of sunscreen. I cried that day and and not tears of sadness, tears of like, holy shit, I've just done this. Me and this guy from the warehouse packed it. I lived on the 24th floor of a high rise in Miami. You know how many elevator trips it took me and people were looking at me mad as shit because they coming home from work and I'm in the elevator with a a bellman's cart full of damn boxes. It took me three hours to get all that stuff into the unit. Hi there, it's Sewa and welcome to episode 50 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who have created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. Have you ever put sunscreen on your face and been turned off by the white, pasty cast it leaves behind? Until recently, if I had to choose between having my face beat and putting on pasty sunscreen, I would have chosen to go without sunscreen, at least until I came across Black Girl Sunscreen. Shante Lundy's unique FDA-approved formula is changing the narrative from black don't crack to protect your melanin. Stick around to hear how Shante is breaking stereotypes and changing generational mindsets with her sunscreen empire. Before we hear the rest of Shante's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Shantae's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with Shantae Lundy, founder of Black Girl Sunscreen. Shantae Lundy, welcome to She's Off Script. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome, Selma. <laughs> there you go. See, you said it very well. That's good. <laughs> so for those of our listeners who haven't heard of you or Black Girl Sunscreen before, could you share who you are and what you do? Oh my goodness, who am I? Um, I'm, I'm Shantae, owner and creator of, of Black Girl Sunscreen. We have a revolutionary sunscreen for women of color that has eliminated white residue and all the bad things such as like parabens, fragrance, uh, fragrance, not necessarily bad thing, but fragrance, oxybenzone, and implemented the good things such as avocado, jojoba, cacao, ingredients that are great for moisturizing dark complexion. I, for one, didn't grow up wearing sunscreen. And when I found out about sunscreen, I just, I still didn't really wear it. Maybe if we were going to the beach, I'd put it on my body, but just not my face. Just because of that white cast, like you said, that's a concern for a lot of women of color. Given that this has been an issue for so long, what caused you to finally say enough is enough and take on this business? So simple story is that I am from upstate New York by the way of Miami, currently living in Los Angeles, which are two you know, sunny cities. Miami is, is hot all year round. Southern California has great weather, right? So I do outdoor activities, beaching, hiking, and I come from a very diverse background of friends that would mm-hmm. say, hey, wear sunscreen. And I'm like, no girl, I'm not putting that on, A, because it feels like toothpaste, and B, it's just, it's just uncomfortable looking. You know, like you just, I never felt good. You couldn't put on your makeup. You know, it's just like, okay, if you're going to put it on, like, just know that you're going to look crazy. Like that, you had to accept that, right? And right. We're, we're in a society where, no, we don't have to accept things. So if we're not going to accept something, then what are we going to do about it? And I chose to do something about it, but I didn't know I was going to do something about it until I just jumped on Google, right? Like that's what we all do. Hey, sunscreen mm-hmm. for you know, women of color, sunscreen for ethnic skin, sunscreen for brown girls, sunscreen for black girls. 
sunscreen for cafe colored skin. I don't know. Right. And I'm just <laughs> all those keywords funny. Right. But nothing came up that was specifically talking to us. So I said, okay, what does that even mean? So does that mean that there's lack of advertising or is there really not a product that is catering to black women? And mm-hmm. am I the only woman that is experiencing this challenge? Right. Because my friends that were giving it to me are lighter complexion than me. Right. So they didn't necessarily have that challenge. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a universal problem, not just a black people problem where sunscreen doesn't really match anybody. It just blends a little bit easier and better on lighter skin complexion. So I said, okay, um, what is it really going to take to to get this going, to make a physical product for women of color. And yes, I thought I couldn't be the only black girl that wanted to wear sunscreen, but are people going to buy into this? Right. Cause that's like the number one mm. thing. Like, are people really going to stick to it? Like I honestly had the idea of mustering for, for months in my mind before I actually took action and was like, you know, I had the confidence to do this. I can do this. Mm. And we're still going. It's it's still an uphill battle to this day. And if it's not for the Sewas and everybody else in the community that's talking about it, then we wouldn't be where we are today. So why did you choose to name it Black Girl Sunscreen? And did you have any reservations that maybe the Black Girl market wasn't going to be big enough to sustain a fully fledged business? Okay, so like even though I'm a Libra, I, I become, I'm a little indecisive. So I believe in astrology, but if I know I'm going to do something, I just do it. And Black Girl Sunscreen was okay. I'm a Black girl, and I love being a Black girl. I've always loved being a Black girl. Like I don't even know what else I loved more than being a Black girl. I'm being so serious because we're we're trending, right? But mm-hmm. but it means something when you are really proud of of who you are and. I relate and identify with something and I relate and identify with my color and my culture. So with that being said, black girl was the first thing that came to my mind. Black girl sunscreen. It's a sunscreen for black girls. There's no confusion. So mm-hmm. we are um, in a major retailer. With that being said, you pick us up, you know who it's for and you know what it is because it says it on the bottle. So that just came to me very naturally. Like I didn't need, I was just like, oh, I'm going to name it Black Girl Sunscreen. So what about the market size concerns? Because I think that's something I hear a lot whenever people want to niche down to any particular group, especially Black people right now. People say, is that market size going to be big enough? What would your response be to that? You got to be niche to get rich. Oh, I like that. And, and that's it, right? Like, so are we talking about statistics here about what our buying power is or how many black people in, we could say the world, but let's just bring it down to America, right? If we have 2% of the black women in America buying black girl sunscreen, what does that mean for, for our company? So mm-hmm. the math, I don't even need to tell you the math for it to make sense for you to be like, yeah, how much did you say it's cost to produce sunscreen? Huh? I got, let me, let me invest. So mm-hmm. well, that's all that was kind of like, yeah, let me figure this out. How many women do we need to reach? What do we need to sell it for? So if it made sense to actually produce a tube of sunscreen. So what I will tell you is that the barrier to enter into the sun care industry is high. It is expensive to produce um, a batch of sunscreen. Mm-hmm. So we're not a cosmetic. We are a drug. 
and that's because we make claims and the claim that we make for example is um you know we protect your skin from sunburn or if you wear black girl sunscreen we're preventing you from potentially getting skin cancer or limiting the exposure from getting uh skin cancer so mm-hmm. you make those claims we're considered a drug some people don't want that type of responsibility right and the more claims you make the more expensive it is. So if your product is, I don't know, water resistant or hyperallergenic or whatever, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, 30 versus 50 versus 75, all of those things uh, cost to, to test on, you know, on skin. Mm-hmm. So, so the numbers had to make sense for you to really go down to that niche ultimately. Well, I knew that um, it was a niche that I wanted to do because, I, like I said, like I identify with with the group. So, mm-hmm. I guess I'd be lying if I said if the numbers didn't make sense, I would still do it, right? Because then I would just be crazy, right? But at the same time, like I also knew that there was no product speaking to us, so I created this market, literally, like black or mm-hmm. green. And I hate to say it like this, we are a pioneer of sun care, of providing women of color protection from the sun. I know for so long, the narrative for Black women has been, or Black people has been, Black don't crack. And people feel like they don't need sunscreen. And so when it comes to actually selling your product, have you faced any resistance to people purchasing it? Every day. (laughs) Every day we we face it. And um, that's okay, right? Because we're not here to strong arm you into purchasing Black girl sunscreen. We're here to open up the conversation to start, mm-hmm. you know, um, a healthy debate on whether we need it or not. So um, we have a social team. And uh, today we were talking about the New York Times article that was written um, saying that, you know, um, sun exposure isn't correlated to skin cancer um, amongst the, the Black community. And that's okay that that's written, right? But guess what? We're not going to turn our eye to it or our ears to it, we're going to talk about it, right? So we brought that mm-hmm. that article onto our social platform. And if you were to check it out, you'd be like, man, like, there's some high engagement in this because this is the things that the women want to talk about. So it's not about buying the product. It's like, oh, you know what? We weren't having these conversations 24 months ago. Mm-hmm. Months ago, but we are today. And Black Girl Sunscreen is now giving you options. Whereas 24 months ago, 36 months ago, the only option that you had was the larger conservative brands. And so I think we would be remiss if we didn't take a couple minutes just to educate here. So as melanated people, why is it important for us to use sunscreen? Let's dispel some of those myths. It's twofold, right? So on the on the health side, it's okay, you can get sunburned. People say, oh, my sister went on a cruise and she came back and her skin was feeling. She didn't know what it was, but it was sunburned. Oh my gosh, I didn't think black people could get sunburned. Okay, so so that's number one, right? So anything that a lighter skinned person can get, a darker skin can get as well. Like we're not exempt from from the sun. So you can get sunburn. There's cases of melanoma that were, have been found um, amongst black people. Yes, it is rare. I'll say that. I don't mind saying it. It is rare for black people to die from skin cancer. But when we do get skin cancer, it's found at a very later stage and we do have a higher probability of fatality compared to our white counterparts. We're not even thinking about it. We're not getting checked for it. When you find it, it's kind of 
terminal, right? Right. So that's on the health side. So then on the cosmetic side, um, you know, you said the narrative is black don't crack and, and, and that's you're hundred percent right. But how do we protect that? How do we, how do we maintain our, our youth? So for me, you know, my regimen is like, you know, 25% of, you know, the things that I eat, 25% of the things that I put on my skin, 25% genetics. I'm just telling you the things that mm-hmm. I'm composed of. And then 25% of like my mental and like how I behave. So when we talk about the skincare products and why we use them, what, what are we preventing? The hyperpigmentation, the dark spots, the fine lines, AKA wrinkles, right? So you, you have to preserve those things. And that's why people of color, black people, women, all people with skin, should protect their protect their skin. So why did you choose to formulate the product with SPF 30 as opposed to 50 or 100? Isn't it the higher, the better? I hope you're just asking me that because you want me to like... <laughs> We're educating the people. Let's educate. Yeah. So, so 30 is the, the least amount um, that's kind of effective in the sun. So when you have your makeup on, you know, you think you're wearing a concealer that has 10 and I don't know, a foundation that has like, you know, 20 and that equals 30. No, that's not enough. It's pretty much the higher one trumps the lower one. So you're still only wearing 20. So a 30 SPF, some protector factor, protects your skin from 97.5% of UVA, UVA, UVB rays. So if you bump it up to 50, you're only going to get 0.5% more coverage. So it's not much difference between the 30 and the 50. So there are new regulations that are discounting anything over a 50. So the number is 75 and like 100. And I know women are like searching Amazon and Googling, hey, SPF 50, what sunscreens are, you know, uh, the highest. And they think that they're getting more coverage. That's it's it's not the case because there isn't a formula that is blocking sun rays 100. percent mm-hmm. So the, if you so want, there's like a diminishing return there. Yeah. So if you want more coverage, it's you need to wear your like long sleeves, your sunglasses, your hat, have your sunscreen. Like that's pretty much the only way you're still you're getting coverage, more coverage. Mm. I get that sunscreen protects your skin. But why did you choose to add ingredients that also boost melanin production, like the avocado and the jojoba and all of that? Yeah, you know what? Because I uh, I wanted a formula that wasn't on the market because what was out there just wasn't doing it for us, and women were reluctant. So we picked things that are great for 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 black skin. We picked ingredients that are speaking to black women. They're mm-hmm. great for for our skin complexions that are going to make us feel good and look good and, and be glowy and feel radiant and just be proud to be wearing sunscreen because that what what we had on the market prior to black girl sunscreen didn't make us feel proud and we are a proud being that's, mm-hmm. that's what we exemplify strength confidence beauty and that's what black girl sunscreen does I love that I love it so if we love our melanin why not enhance it in any way we can Absolutely. I mean, you're clearly really knowledgeable about sunscreen. I had to quiz you there for a second, but <laughs> passed with flying colors. I mean, as you should be, this is your business. Yeah. But it took you, 
over a year to go from idea to actually launching the business. And at the time, this was a brand new industry for you. What were the major milestones that you had to scale in order to get your company successfully launched? So I'm grateful for every win. And when I say I'm grateful for every win, it's small things like getting an LLC. And I know that sounds really just kind of minute or whatever, but like figuring out how to do it. Like luckily there's websites, right? But you don't know if it's going to come through. And then when you actually get the paperwork, you're like, "Ah, I'm a business, Mm -hmm. right? You know? So I think just that milestone, the fact that, okay, I've created something, I have a name and Mm -hmm. now I can operate as an LLC. So that was probably, that was one milestone that I was like, okay, like we're going to get started. The day that I cried though, is the day that, well, so we, our our formula got passed, right? Because this was my creation. This is Mm -hmm. one else's creation. And I'm not a chemist. A lot of people ask me, Hey, so what's your background? Like, do you come from the beauty industry? Are you a chemist? No, I'm not. Because they're wondering how did I come up with this formula? Right. Mm-hmm. So the fact mm-hmm. that I created something that has passed guidelines and it's going to protect someone's skin from the sun, like that was a pretty big deal. But I didn't cry that day. I cried the day, um, but it was still good news. So I cried mm-hmm. the day when my manufacturer called me and said, your product is ready. How are you going to pick it up from the warehouse? Okay. And, mm. you know, as a startup emerging brand, you got to be resourceful. And I'm the type where you create solutions. Like there's never really a problem. You, you just figure it out. And mm-hmm. you didn't want to hire, you know, um, some type of freight company to move it from um, the warehouse to my in-home warehouse. Right. Let's, right. Right. Let's just, it is what it is. And um, I literally rented a car, an SUV, and I went there and picked up 5,000 units of sunscreen I, me and the employee from their warehouse packed up the Suburban or whatever car it was, SUV. And I have a picture. I took a selfie of me in all the boxes of, of the sunscreen. And I cried that day. And, and not tears of sadness, tears of like, holy shit, I've just done this. I didn't mm-hmm. have a friend to come help me. Me and this guy from the warehouse packed it. I lived on the 24th floor of a high rise in Miami. You know how many elevator trips it took me? People were looking at me mad as shit because they coming home from work and I'm in the computer. I'm in the elevator with a, a bellman's cart full of damn boxes. They don't know what's in the box. Up, like, up and down, up and down. Yeah, it took <laughs> hours, right? It took me three hours to get all that stuff into the unit and you know i have boxes in my my uh i had two bathrooms at the time so boxes in the shower you know mm. boxes uh in the living room but i put like a blanket over so it looked like a table girl i was camouflaging it because it, it i just wanted it to feel more <sighs> that is just time. grit that's tenacity and that's what <laughs> that's the stuff entrepreneurship is made of if you're going to be successful yeah but so now i want to go back so it sounds like you found a manufacturer u.s based that had a minimum order quantity of 5,000. So they're willing to work with a company that has a fairly small order, probably from their perspective. How did you even find the manufacturer? And how did you pay for 5,000 orders? So it was very strategic on who my manufacturer was. Um, So we are a Miami-based company, and I'm proud of that. I love Miami. Um, I lived there for 12 years. So I wanted to find a manufacturer that was in the, the state of Florida, South Florida. So it could have been, I don't know, from West Palm Beach down to Key West. But 
found him in Miami, whatever. Um, also, you know, um, being close to like water is important because if you're going to import or export, it's good to be by ports. So you can just get your product there and be gone as opposed to either uh, transporting, transporting via truck or plane or whatever. It's just like a, one less step. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the reasons of why I chose the manufacturer in Miami because I, I was based in Miami and it just so, so happened that they were there. So I was like, okay, cool. This is going to work. And then also like his minimums um, were astronomical because some manufacturers are at 10, 20, even 50. It depends on, on the item. Um, I've seen manufacturers go as low as a thousand, but in the sun care uh, industry, like it's not, it's not worth it to that manufacturer to whip up a batch of just a thousand units. So, mm-hmm. so um, how did I come up with the money? Well, I worked in corporate America for a long time and I saved my money um, for a long time. And um, when I transitioned out, I said, okay, I have this money. And um, I don't know if it came in that order. It was the order of, okay, I'm going to start Black Girl Sunscreen and I have the money. It wasn't, mm-hmm. oh, I have this money. What do I do with it? It was, oh, I have Black Girl Sunscreen and this is how I'm going to fund it. Yeah. So are you self-funded even to this day? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Well, so there's, uh, there's pros and cons to it, right? Uh, right, right. When, you, when it's time to scale, it yeah, becomes a different it, conversation. Exactly. So we're definitely at a crossroad because um, we've caught a lot of attraction. We have a lot of eyeballs on us and we do need to take the business to the next level. So what does that look like in terms of funding? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. So you're kind of taking us through the milestones. You've picked up 5,000 units. Okay. It's all over your house. What next? Yeah. How do I sell it? Uh, yeah. What was your marketing plan? <laughs> like, yeah. how did you launch your e-commerce and how did you make sure it wasn't going to crash the day you went live <laughs> or did it? Uh, no, it didn't. It didn't. We, we pre-sold orders, um, you know, and the thing is to working, one of the, um, the challenges that we have today, because, you know, I sit on panels and stuff and they say, oh, what's your, which one of your challenges in logistics by far is probably the biggest challenge and with, and even with manufacturing, because you have no kind of handle on that. You know, your manufacturer could say, Oh, it's going to be ready this week. And the shit is not ready. You know, like I, I lived in South Florida at the time and we had a hurricane. So it delayed the process, or at least they said, that's why they delayed the process, you know, whatever. Right. So, uh, so in terms of like, what was the next step? It was just kind of, we need to create awareness. And uh, we already had the website going and that was, that's a whole nother story within itself. Um, I figured out packaging, like what type of mailers it would go in, what, what would the, the note going to say? It was just kind of like every day I would work on this. When it comes to marketing, I know you guys have gotten quite a bit of organic press, which has been amazing. You did homework. You know, that's why I do this. <laughs> Sometimes people give me the look like, how did you know? But, you know, I like to come prepared because it's good for people to kind of get a holistic picture when they're listening to your story. I'm just wondering, what was your marketing plan? Had you not gotten all of this organic press, how would you have marketed and how has that evolved over the past couple of years? You know, what? I hate to say this now, but I'll admit to it. I guess we are an Instagram brand and that's OK to talk about launching on Instagram because social media is the way of the world right now. And I've been asked to, to, to do certain projects because we have been successful with launching online. 
So mm-hmm. that was the marketing plan from day one is how can we make this pop on socials? And the main platform was Instagram. So I've never had a Facebook before. Um, the only reason why, if you Google Shantae Lundy, you can find a Facebook and that's because it's account, uh, attached to the business account. But mm-hmm. I don't do anything on Facebook. And I was like so against social media because I'm actually a really private person. I share things on my personal IG, but it's business related and it's travel related. But in terms of like my personal life, yeah, I'm my own PR so I can control that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the plan was really to make this pop on, on Instagram and how are we going to do that? Who could we put this in the hands of? And we didn't have any celebrities that were like, okay, we got this person and she's going to talk about it. No, we just reached out and, and sent it to folks. You know, we did a mm-hmm. lot of local events as well to get that community behind us because I figured like, hey, we're in a, we're in a very hot climate. People are wearing sunscreen all year round. There's a lot of black and brown people in this community. So we might, might as well start here. And that's mm-hmm. really the plan. I was telling you earlier that that's how I found you guys. I think Dana Bolden and then someone else I follow. Yeah. It popped up on their timeline and I was like, oh, what's this? Yeah. I ordered it. I loved it. And I reached out. Thank you. So it's effective. It's effective. Yeah. Now you guys have had a chance to launch. Things are booming. I can see. The other day I saw a picture of you sitting on the floor of your living room actually processing orders and getting them ready to be shipped out. Yeah. So first... I'm just curious, how much product are you selling on your own site on a monthly basis? And second, at what point are you going to outsource the fulfillment side of your business? All right. So that I, that picture is like really iconic because it's like similar to like when Bill Gates was in his uh, like his um, his basement, you know, mm-hmm. his, all his computer stuff. It's like that's why I posted that. So um, to give you a little bit more insight, we have um, two sets of warehouses. So in order to do business with a major retailer, you're, you can't, you can't process orders from your home because there's different. Oh, good to know. <laughs> systems that you, that uh, communicate with their systems. So everything is synchronized and everything is uniform. So when it comes to like e-com, you do have a little bit more freedom. Like, yes, you could have an in-home warehouse or you could have your own warehouse doing that. Like literally, you know, you could have a space processing orders for your e-com or something that's called drop ship, right? Drop ship. Okay. So you're familiar with that term then, mm-hmm. but if you're not drop shipping, you know, they go through the warehouse goes through a rigorous, um, I guess, um, a process to be deemed as a partner with the major retailer. They, they, they have to be zoned properly. There's certain things that they have to go through to say like, yes, you're, you're suit and you're fit to do business with us. So mm-hmm. the picture that you saw is, is some e-com stuff. And it's to let people know, like, you know what, like owner and creator or not, like if something needs to be done, you're still going to do it. Like we're not going to let orders sit in the queue for three days when we talk about shipping within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So just to be clear, I know you are in Target right now and Target yes, probably has larger, more organized warehouses, but for your specific e-commerce, are you still doing what we saw in that image? No. So we, we do have people that, you know, pack orders. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. jump in if they need help. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, we have a, we have an in-home warehouse and this is mm-hmm. legit. Like we have storage and, and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. but 
that's not where I put my energy. Um, but of course, you're the CEO. <laughs> but again, like, you know, if we have an influx of orders come in because of whatever reason, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to pump them out, then I'll do it. But yeah, we have help that. That's, okay. that's a, it's a really tedious task <laughs> unfortunately it's a really tedious, tedious task because we have like an insert and then we have um you know a card and then certain um we have two SKUs, so different um like somebody can order a combination it goes in different color packaging whatever so wow well i mean that's the sign of a true leader you got to be able to roll up your sleeves and help like nothing is above you well um what, or beneath you rather what i really tried to um to practice is I, I'm dangerous in every department. And what I mean by that is I may not know it all, but I know a little bit and I can teach you something. So mm-hmm. uh, when we scale up and let's just say we get a black girl sunscreen warehouse, whatever it is, like I'll be able to teach my warehouse manager, you know, our EDI systems, you know, how to communicate with this company and that company. Like I already know how to do it all. So now it's just really putting a person in place to then take over that task. So that's mm-hmm. why I do as many tasks as possible. You know, in terms of logistics, I don't have a middleman. So we're communicating literally with not the truck drivers per se, but the person that orchestrates that that movement. Like mm-hmm. we vetted a company to to handle that part. You know, if we're doing business with, I don't know, a company overseas, like we're communicating with that company. A, it saves us money. And then B, we learned the process. And it's not someone telling you like, oh, well, I sent them an email and they haven't replied. Nope. I know I've sent them an email. I'm waiting for their reply. And guess what? If I want to, I can give them a call. Mm-hmm. So these are the reasons why I'm doing these tasks. And so I know. And if there's a task beyond me, then of course, I just have to hire for it. But there isn't a task I found that is beyond my scope of running a business. Right. Yeah. And so now you are on the shelves at select Target stores and online. What was the process like to get, you know, in with a major retailer? So um, I contribute that to everyone that has supported Black Girl Sunscreen. So yes, even though we're in a major retailer, we have a lot of support from our specialty partners. And that includes estheticians that have salons. There are brick and mortar stores that speak to women of color that offer, you know, beauty products um, for women of color. And we have, you know, just a nice collection of specialty retail partners. And they really make a difference for us because they're spreading the word. They're telling their either their clients or their customers, hey, wear SPS every day, SPF every day, or hey, you should wear this sunscreen, or hey, do you know about black girl sunscreen? So it's not just one thing that got us into Target, it's a combination of things. So this product has been around the States, you know, a year before for Target, before Target. So that's mm-hmm. how I think we got their attention is just by making a lot of noise. And then did one of their buyers reach out? Um, kind of, sort of. Ooh, is, is that a proprietary process? Yes, kind of, <laughs> sort of. You know, what I tell people is that um, make it so you can't be ignored. And mm. that's what Black Girl Sunscreen is doing. And once you have the attention, how do you keep that attention? Mm. That's that's the question we ask every day. We answer it every day by the intentional post 
that we do across all uh, socials, the articles that we write on LinkedIn, how we carry ourselves at uh, trade shows and expos, the things that I say on podcasts, and even communicating with you is how do you mm. keep the attention? Mm. Well, clearly you're doing something right because now you've launched another line, um, which I, I definitely want to touch on as well. But before that, you worked in corporate America for 13 years. So what was that tipping point that led you to finally leave your corporate job? Could I give 100% in, in both? I could. And I actually realized that I had better time management skills when I worked in corporate America versus having all day to do whatever I'm going to do with Black Girl Sunscreen mm -hmm. because it was like, okay, Shantae, at six o'clock, you have this conference call with all these people because I was a manager of like 125 folks. Um, you have this conference call that you hold every day at 7.15 in the morning, you know, very structured throughout the day and you weren't done mm -hmm. to literally 7.38, but you knew about 8.30, you were going to come and do a second shift for Black Girl Sunscreen. And now it's kind of like, okay, well, you have all day. <laughs> you have all day to work on Black Girl Sunscreen. And that tipping point was just kind of like, okay, yes, I took it serious, but how serious, how serious was I going to take it? And I felt like Black Girl Sunscreen deserved all of my attention and it needed all of my attention to get it to where it is today. Mm. Yeah. And so similar to how you had enough saved up to launch the company, did you have enough saved up and were generating enough revenue to feel like this is a good calculated risk for me to take? You know what? Um, nope. I didn't, I didn't think that through at all. And I thought that if I got into a bind, I was literally going to go to South Beach with a book bag full of sunscreen and sell it to people. That's what I thought. That was my plan because I was... By any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I've always had a very hungry mentality. At 15, I had a paper route. I've had a job my entire life. So I don't even know what it's like not to work. I'm just being honest. I don't know what mm -hmm. it's like to to not go out and physically get something that you want. So I wanted this so bad that I'm physically out here doing it. Mm. So for women out there that are still kind of balancing the side hustle and the nine to five, could you share how you managed to stay sane? Because you're talking about, you know, starting your day at seven at the office and then clocking in at 8.30 for black girl sunscreen. Like, how do you take care of yourself physically, mentally, so you can keep doing it? You know, I'm going to be honest. You, I don't know if you can, right? We, so we talk about finding that balance. And, you know, I, I've been talking about this for like the last month and people say, oh, you know, I do yoga and I do that too. I meditate or no, <laughs> you don't have time for yourself really because you're going from one thing to the next. And your sanity is knowing that, you know what? Big picture is that, that is that this is going to work out. And then I'm not going to have to do all of this forever, whether your company grows and then you're able to hire to then delegate and that will alleviate some of the, the task on your plate. Like it will happen. It's just not happening right then, right now. So that was my self-talk, a lot of positive self-talk. Like, you know what? Black girl sunscreen is going to get going. And I still have to tell myself those things today. Like, well, we, when we hit the big leagues or when we do this, yeah, hundred percent i'm still talking like that because i have to or if not then i'm gonna probably not be sane so what does a typical day look like for you now that you're running the business full-time i know you alluded to the fact that time management is different now yeah yeah um so today um has been a really good day um i'll be honest and you know sometimes i have whiteboard meetings with myself 
And, um, you know, the entrepreneurial journey journey can be kind of lonely sometimes. And that just kind of is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I manage, I have an assistant and we manage my schedule where um, Mondays I don't take any calls, but, you know, Tuesday through Friday, I take calls and today Thursday. And every conversation that I've had today has been just really positive and has gotten my creative juices just kind of flowing. And we have unanswered questions like all the time where they just kind of linger and you don't really have the answer until it just pops in your head. You're like, Oh shit, I got the answer. And today that happened like, Oh, we got the answer after like two months of, Oh, well, how do we do that? He just sit on it. But today I got the answer. So my day today was I woke up and I'm always grateful that I wake up. I drink orange juice every single morning. That's the first thing I drink. Um, I have a dog. I walk her, come in, and I just check my email on my phone to see if there's anything pressing, like 911 emergency. You have to respond from your phone versus your computer with the signature. Right? So I'll mm-hmm. do that. Um, and then I'll check socials just to see what's going on, check my money, see what, you know, who's, who's purchased any, you know, any wholesale orders. So we don't process or, um, all like um, specialty retail orders go through, you know, our warehouse. Um, on the on the East Coast, and it's cool, you know. Going back to that warehouse thing, you know, being on East and West, it kind of it helps with time and packages, right? Because some people that are on the West Coast, if they get a package from the West Coast, they're getting it within like a day or two, right? Mm. Whereas, yeah, if you're on the East Coast, it might take that three days. So we're actually really strategic with how we place the the warehouses as well. Um, so the typical day is how I start, you know that. Those, those few things, the orange juice, the dog, um, looking at the phone, socials. And then um, I'll get some fresh air with the dog, come in, and I'm, I'm just jumping into work. You know, I might tell myself the night before, like, you know what, Shantae, you should probably stretch. You should probably stretch, get 30 minutes in. You know, I'm, I'm being so honest, but I just jump right on in. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I want to do this. I want to f- focus on investing today. I want to submit this application to this grant or whatever. Or, oh, hey, this summit's coming. I need to go to that. You know, so I, my, my mind just starts going and I just start working. So that's pretty much how the day goes. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's so nice to get the insight into it because I hear a lot from people that their day, there's no typical day. Yeah. It's mainly like, it's probably like an average across a month or a week, depending on how varied their day tends to be. But it's good to have that insight. Yeah. So you've started to expand the line. I know you, you know you have Black Girl Kids Sunscreen. Is that what it's called? It's called BGS Kids. BGS Kids Sunscreen. Um, what's next? What's next for you? I know you also opened um, a relationship in Nigeria, yep. which that is so exciting because the biggest mass of Black people are on the African continent. And so Hello. glad to see that you're there. Hello. Um, <laughs> you know what? So. We like to get a pulse on our social community and we ask them what they're looking for. And based off of um, their response is that, you know, they want something matte, you know, that serves as like a primer. So I think we, we have something like that in, in the works, maybe even, um, you know, like a mineral sunscreen too. Um, Black girl sunscreen tends is, is we're going to stay within the sun care industry. We're not venturing out to different, you know, to maybe like um, makeup or nope, we're only producing sun care products. So there's so many things that we can produce just because it's, it's wide open. Um, but we definitely have some newness for 2020. 
Okay. Yeah. Yes, I do like the mat. I do like the mat because yeah. I'm an oily girl. Yeah. So I'm having to do some like powdering yeah. to keep matte. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's great feedback for us. Like we're not mad at that because one person's oily is somebody else's glow, right? Like, mm-hmm. It really just depends on how you, how you look at that. Um, but we appreciate the feedback because, you know, all skin is not created equally. So mm-hmm. the more feedback um, our community, our consumer gives, the more we have to work with because, you know, at the same time, like this is our first time. <laughs> this and is you our- are doing an amazing job for your first time, two years in, look at you. you know, Seriously, and, and I would say it's not even enough, right? Because, you know, if, if, you're, if you're spending time on social, listen, it, social will have you messed up comparing yourself to others and, oh, they raised 15 million and they're doing this and they're doing that. And sometimes I have to check myself like, okay, it's been two years, but what else could we have done within the two years? And when you actually boil it down, like a year ago, it was really just kind of me running all of operations. Now I've developed a team. Right. And we've gotten through a real legit season. And when I mean real legit season, we're talking about, you know, um, serving our specialty retail partners, being um, distributed through a national retailer within the United States and internationally in Nigeria, doing e-com, traveling to different trade shows while maintaining marketing and socials, running a legit business here right? Mm-hmm. And with, a, with a, a thin team of maybe five or so. So, so that has really tested us. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to come on a downward slope of warm weather, right? We're going to go kind of into the, to the winter seasons for the rest of the country. Cause I'm in sunny Southern California, right? So like <laughs> we live in a bubble, <laughs> it's funny, but it doesn't, it doesn't really get cold. Um, right. So, so our energy is now going to be shifted to, okay, what's that language and communication about wearing sunscreen on, on, on a daily basis in the winter, you know, okay, so what are we doing for funding now? So our energy is just shifting to what we're, what we're doing because we have time to kind of catch our breath, if you will. Mm. Yeah. You know, you brought up or you mentioned something that reminded me. So the episode that came out today was with Jennifer Berry, who um, has a line of uh, new shoes for, she has like 13 ranges or tones of new shoes. And one of the things she talked about was the fact that because they are self-funded, um, they often have cash flow issues because they're waiting for um, payments to come in in order to fund inventory. And I think we had the same story with Ajwa Beauty who came on um, a few months ago as well. So how are you going to kind of manage those cash flow issues as you're going into a downturn? Um, so we're good. We did really well uh, this season. And again, it's about how we're going to scale up. And I am, I have already started to think about those things. And we, we can't continue to be self-funded. We just can't in order to, to grow to what I want to do. And that's conquering the world in terms of brown girls and black girls need to protect their skin. So mm-hmm. get that product into everyone's hand, we, we can't be self-funded. It's just, it's just impossible. So have you started going on a road show? Are you looking for funding already? We're looking and it's, you know, people say that the money's out there, but you still got to find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my strategy is, um, 
I manifest all my and cultivate all my ideas. I really do. And I know it sounds crazy, but I, I feel like I make shit happen just by thinking about it. You know, one of my strategies going into this whole investor investing, you know, angel investors or VCs or whatever is putting myself in the room with people that I think are going to be able to help the brand. How, so what does that even mean? What summits are we attending? What trade shows are we, are we attending? So being very strategic on where I am and who I'm communicating with to make that happen for us. Well, we can't wait to see what else is coming on the horizon for you, especially given what you've done in just the last couple of years. Yeah. It's been so great catching up with you. For anyone listening who now wants to follow your journey and get some Black Girl Sunscreen, where can they connect with you after the episode? Literally, we're Black Girl Sunscreen on every platform. <laughs> so Smart. Uh, if you want to order, you know, there's so many different options. Um, you know, initially I would say go to blackgirlsunscreen.com, but we have some awesome specialty retailers that um, are called Stockists. You scroll down the page, click Stockists, and you can find um, a local retailer within your community if you want to support them. You know, if you want to go on the national side, we're on Target.com. Um, and then on our socials, we're Black Girl Sunscreen on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And then um, for myself, I am Shantae Lundy. And that's spelled S-H-O-N-T-A-Y, Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're in your face, not hiding. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Thank you, Shante. You're welcome. I'm so glad you made it to the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please go on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. As always, don't forget to share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, anyone who cares to listen. We'll talk to you next time.